0: To episode 169 of the Customer Support Leaders podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. The theme for this week is Slack support, so stay tuned for five leaders talking about that very topic. I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Chris Stewart. Chris, it's lovely to have you join me for the first time. Um, we've known each other for a couple of years, but perhaps for the benefit of our listeners, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for inviting me. Um, I'm Chris. I'm a customer success manager at Klaus and I've been working at Klaus for about nearly two years now. It's flown by. Um, By customer success at Klaus, we talk about more than just success. I'm talking about customer support and leading people through the trial and then also beyond. We kind of see that as one thing um, to build customer relationship. So that's what I do at Klaus.
0: Lovely. Thank you so much. Um, I, I love that uh expanded definition of success by the way i see that um increasingly adopted i think that the lines are being blurred between success and support and onboarding and everything it's becoming a much more holistic customer relationship i think and success yeah. is still sort of the thing that it's called but it's so much more so uh yeah yeah I'm, I'm-
1: yeah exactly it was it we we kind of wanted to eliminate this problem that so many companies had and that we've had in the past as well, which is customers being handed around, been passed off onto different people, building new relationships from scratch every every time something changes, and also things getting lost and people not knowing where them where their responsibilities lie and where they stop. You know, all of that we were able to kind of uh, get rid of that problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's nice. It's particularly suited to a sort of B two B environment as well. I think, um, yeah. which, which I think is. Um, is also true of the topic that we're here to talk about today. I think particularly suited to B two B environment, as I've come to learn this week already, um, is the uh, the use of Slack as a support channel. And um, and that is why I lured you here today to talk to me is because I know that you have have done this at Klaus and you have quite a uh, you've had quite a story with providing support through Slack, haven't you?
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, we well. We used to provide support via Slack to some of our earliest customers and largest customers. And then we stopped uh, because it wasn't working for us. So I guess that's what we're here to talk about today. like, Why did we stop providing support and what did we continue doing with Slack? Mm. Uh, I can definitely share that with you.
0: That'd be great. That'd be great. Well, maybe we start at the beginning then. So so you said you provided support early on through Slack to some of those early customers. What did that look like and, and why did you make that decision early on?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we managed that relationship, the whole relationship via Slack. As far as I know, this was before I joined Klaus. Uh, When Klaus was just, you know, our founders and a few developers, very small team, and we had one or two customers. So our first customer, for example, we managed everything through Slack because we didn't have a support team or success managers or anything. Uh, And that works early on, doesn't it? You know, people just ping us and we chat there. But as time went on, it became difficult. It became frustrating for both us, the success managers, when we joined and for the customer as well, uh, because it doesn't have, Slack doesn't quite have the inbuilt capability to keep the conversation going. Uh, so for example, what we found is uh, that people were, also I have a really bad. I can't concentrate on anything. I'm a typical millennial. My mind's all over the place. So I would be, someone would ask me a question, a technical support question, I'd be answering them and then I'd see, oh, shiny or a cat picture and I'd go away. And then their their question would just be waiting there. It doesn't have the inbuilt kind of notifications and pings and that awful noise that Intercom makes uh, to remind you to go back there. So we often found, you know, the conversation was going and then it stopped. Uh, so that was one of the first issues that yeah. I kind of saw that, uh, yeah, conversations weren't flowing properly.
0: So uh, almost a lack of workflow, like a really obvious yeah. workflow. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, we didn't do it. We, I'm sure there's many other things we could have done uh, to, to, to provide support better for Slack, but uh, we were just using it in the, the basic way. Um, sometimes some of our customers would ping us all the time. Every time they answered, they would ping us and then I would get the notification and go there. But sometimes they didn't and then it would be waiting overnight. So I was. They were frustrated. I was frustrated that we weren't having. It wasn't the best experience for anybody.
0: And were they telling you this? Were customers reporting to you that they weren't hearing back, or that they were feeling frustrated with that?
1: Yeah, a few people did. Yeah, they said, you know, I'd already kind of seen it happening. We we saw it happening, but then somebody said to us, you know, it is a bit frustrating. Like we were chatting, and then and then the conversation just ended, and I had to wait another twelve hours, and you know. Uh, we wanted to avoid that kind of thing altogether. Uh, as much as I as I like having our customers in Slack, which I'll talk about our relationship today, what we do with Slack today, uh, I just found that it wasn't, it just didn't work for us in terms of customer support. What it also doesn't have is it's hard to track things because Slack, we all know that things get buried in Slack, don't they? Uh, it's hard to track issues. Um, things get lost and that's what was happening. We saw that, customers saw that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'd love for you to tell me next a little bit about how you moved away from Slack and the decisions that you made. You've moved to intercom, right? I I, I kind of I'm interested in that transition. Um, but also like as a little mini retrospective opportunity, <laughs> is do do you think knowing now, if you if you knew then what you knew net what you know now about providing support through Slack, do you think that there would have been a way you could have maintained it i mean i know there i know there are tools out there i've been speaking to people this week who produce tools to provide support through slack is it something that if you had had that capability whether it was in within slack or through a third party is that something you might have do, do what well, i guess what i'm guessing at in a very what i'm getting at in a very roundabout way is do you think that providing support through slack if you have if you can fill some of those operational gaps that you were just talking about, is a good channel. Is It does provide different value from other channels. Maybe that's the question I'm asking, if I'm honest.
1: I think it depends on, on your situation. How many customers do you have? If you have 20 large customers, then I, I think yes, probably. Uh, and I think it would be quite impressive for customers to have that, to have support so close You know, through Slack, through a tool that, so many people use and are used to using but for us no because at the beginning we just used slack and then we started using uh we started using drift actually drift and slack together then we moved to intercom and slack and we kept them both parallel uh and what we wanted to do was our customer base kept growing and growing growing we've grown a lot in the last two years Uh, what we wanted to do was provide really quick support the most responsive support there is Mm. and that's what we are still trying to do now and I think we're, we're doing quite well at and Slack doesn't work for that it mm. just didn't work for that it really relies on maybe with some other tools maybe it does but it really relies on uh, people being really vigilant in the team of Slack and also customers using it in a way which allows us to respond quickly as in pinging us by name mm. um, and we just found yeah as the company grew more customers more team members keeping it's hard enough to keep up with Slack as it is mm. keeping up with your customers in there as well
0: it's a lot of a lot of like extra load uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. so if
1: um, I, I think the answer for me to that question is that if there were other tools that we could have used, I still would say no because the situation that we have now is working
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. So tell me about how you evolved this then you see you, you said you you went via drift um, if if mm-hmm. eventually to Intercom and slack. So tell me about like the the decision points on that journey,
1: yeah, so we were doing uh, we moved to intercom for a variety of reasons, uh, because the team that we have we we're all very uh, used to it.'s one of the reasons we like intercom and it works for what we need. Uh, but we were still providing customer support to some large customers early customers customers that um are very active in beta testing and things like that and we have a good relationship with uh, some of them that might be listening some of them from support driven we have in our slack um and don't get me wrong we love talking some in slack of course we do but what we were seeing is yeah some of the things people were getting better support in intercom than they were in slack so we thought why are we still doing this then because we want we, by having support in Slack, we wanted to be closer to customers, we wanted to be more reactive, but the opposite happened. And the customers that were going through Slack, uh, through Intercom, sorry, were getting better support. So we discussed with a few customers. Some customers came to us and said, it's not really working out. So we said, okay, let's change how we do this. We'll keep you in Slack. And we still have some of our largest customers in Slack and some of the new ones as well. But let's use this for discussion as in best practices, uh it, some issues that you're having which aren't technical, things that need ironing out. Because with that, you can have people from outside support in there. So we have Valentina, our empress of products, mm-hmm. as she goes by. Uh, we have sometimes our CTO in there. We have some developers in there. We have CEO in there. So you have more access to those people to talk about things other than technical issues. So we said to people, let's keep that. We love speaking to you there, but technical issues, let's go to Intercom. Why? Because we have a one minute first response time in Intercom. That's Mm -hmm. what we aim for. And we achieved that last year. Our first response time for the whole of 2020 was one minute and 20 Mm -hmm. seconds.
0: Wow.
1: So we didn't quite achieve it, but we were still happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We had a 97.5 CSAT as well. And that was only brought down by a child in December that somehow got onto our website and started chats with us all the time. (laughs) I don't know. I think he was looking for Klaus, the Christmas film, maybe, and he gave us loads of negative feedback. <laughs> so it would have been better oh, no. if it wasn't for this kid.
0: Oh
1: no. Um, so yeah, it was just working out intercom. So he said that to people: let's go through intercom for technical issues. We can connect. We can tag the conversations in there. We can connect GitHub issues. It's just perfect for that. Mm. So we did.
0: And you're um you you very quickly rolled off a couple of stats there. Like mm-hmm. you have very easy access to them through through that sort of tooling, right? And I guess that's Absolutely. also that's also what you were missing before. You were saying was missing in Slack. Um, mm-hmm. The other the the thing then uh, which is interesting here is that you're able to maintain more of what I would consider the success side of that relationship in Slack. Everything you yes. talked about there like best practices, access to product, access to wider parts of the organization, actually on both sides, right? I think uh-huh. for, for you in, at Klaus and maybe a bigger footprint into client organizations as well. Uh-huh. Um, do you find that you have to do... Um, is there is there a manual overhead in managing the expectations around what happens in Slack versus what happens in Intercom? Do you have to redirect clients all the time to Intercom, or do you make that leap for them if they start if if the conversation migrates into into technical support?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for the first few months we did have some people who missed the memo, you know. So with some some customers we had maybe twenty people in the Slack channel, and some people might not have checked it for a while. Uh, so people come with a technical issue, and I would. It, it did require some effort. In the beginning, I was kind of answering saying, I'll I'll solve this here right now, but next time, can you go to intercom? But that's kind of fizzled out. That isn't really happening anymore. Um, and it's, I don't really, if the conversation starts with kind of a success conversation and moves into something technical, I don't then ask them to go to intercom. There's no point splitting that once we're on it. Mm. And it's usually an isolated conversation as well that I can focus on. But generally it's quite rare it seems to, that transition works pretty quickly and people understand the best thing to do now.
0: Mm. Do you, have you uh, expanded your use of Slack to other customers since those early days? Is it now practice that you have and maintain success conversations in Slack for even new customers?
1: Yeah, we do. Yes. yes. But it's easier with them because we, we, we define the expectations from the beginning and say, you know, if you send us a message here, we always try to respond quickly, but we don't have an SLA here. We will get to it when we can. Sometimes it might be a customer that we have in, in America, in the, in the U S. Uh, but the question I need to bring Va- Valentina into that, a head of product, but she's in Spain. So there's a time zone difference as well, but in intercom that's covered. Right. Um, yeah. but it's much easier because they understand what the expectations are from the very beginning. We don't have to change, uh, what the customers can expect so we're still doing it yeah and it's still working nicely one other thing that it's very good for is for the product team uh if they want to ask a question if they want to ask someone if they want to beta test for example uh, they can just go in there and they see a list of our customers and they can just go in and uh, ask them if they want to if they want to help out so that's good for that
0: that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And and getting that direct feedback going between customers and product is, is just su- super important, isn't it? Like giving easy access to product for, from a customer's perspective too, actually. Yeah.
1: In, in my previous jobs, it's always been a problem that sync between product and, and customer support. Um, but with Slack, it does give some of our largest customers a straight channel to the product team. And it generally, uh, Everyone in the company knows a bit about what our customers are saying, not just the support team. That information doesn't get stuck there.
0: That makes total sense. That makes total sense. Um, and I think that is a, uh, just thinking more generally about support. Uh, you said there about that relationship to product. It It's one that's really worth investing in and... Um, I think direct access to the product team is one way of doing that. Support can support can make or break that relationship between product and customer, can't they? Support mm-hmm. is support is either the barrier or the conduit. Um, so, if you, if you're lucky enough to have perfected that relationship, then maybe you don't need quite such high touch between customer and product directly. But on the other hand, that's never ever going to hurt your business, is it? Having that no. direct line either.
1: We put a lot of focus on it. I mean, there's a lot of customers that always just go through Inscom, go through our chat. Uh, there's other things we do to keep the product uh, team in sync, which is a bit of another topic. But whilst we're there, uh, might as well just mention that, yeah, they have that direct line to, to, to those customers that are in Slack. But then we have a weekly meeting, product and CX sync to talk about what people are uh, are coming to us with, we're tagging our conversations with the most common themes and, and problems and questions um, rep- and report on that every month. Uh, um, I think I think, I think Valentina also has access to Intercom if she needs, so we can tag her there as well, mention her there if needed. Uh, and also working through GitHub, we're adding enhancement requests, feature requests in GitHub and connecting them to tickets so they can see how many times that's done and you know the usual things, but we I think even without slack that we we managed to keep synced between the product and it's super important as well because we're we're half remote, all of the customer support team and all of the product team are remote workers
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. even before Covid
0: yeah yeah so it just helps reduce that distance that vir- that virtual physical distance between them between you all is uh yeah. as as many bridges as you can give that is is super important thank you so much for joining me today chris i think that's been a really interesting perspective in uh, from a from the front lines of using using slack for support in the early days and what does work and what didn't work for you thanks so yeah. much
1: thank you i hope it was helpful to people listening
0: That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 169 for the show notes and I'll see you next time.